It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nice. Rams Nation, welcome back. It's Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. And you know what it is, guys. It is the Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams, and that means special guest, James Kroger James from Rams Podcast. How you doing, bud? Welcome back on the show. Bear, I'm doing great. We're, we're on Victory Monday today, and uh, I can't yeah. complain. Yeah. So. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Uh, you did text me and said, were you doing this in your sleep when you did it last <laughs> night? And I think I was. I kind of bla- I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Well, you, th- there's definitely a lot more energy today. Yeah, um, I'm so, back. So I actually... We got both of us here. Yeah, I actually got some rest in last night when I did that. Uh, late last night, I wanted to cry after that game. Well, I can't. Uh, I can't believe you did that after that that devastating loss for you. Big the, win for LA. Yeah, and I'm proud for him. You know, we got our championship last year. There's still a lot of baseball to be played, but uh, it's exciting. This is the greatest time of year if you're a sports fan. We've got college football. We got NBA starting back up. NFL obviously is always fun on Sundays, and we got Major League Baseball playoffs. And then if you're a hockey fan, that starts up too. So probably one of the best times ever in sports. So I'm just happy for everyone having a great time watching sports. What are we gonna do when it's all over? <laughs> um, but exciting! I got more energy today. We're gonna get into this Rams game. I want to quick. We always do a little story time. I told uh, the listeners yesterday kind of what my experience was in the Uber. I was trying to update you. I thought I had it bad. Why don't you tell everyone what kind of your day was and what you had thought your day was going to be like and what it ended up like. Well, isn't it interesting that every time we have one of these stories, the Rams come away with a W? So I am kind of appreciative. So you're, we have to, one of us has to watch it on GameCast, yeah, basically. Yeah, one of us has to have a struggle and just not be able to sit in front of the TV. And we're 4-2 on both struggles. Watching, yeah. yeah, then it's, it's no good. But uh, to grandmother's house, I went. Oh, <laughs> nice. um, so... I had to take care of some family stuff this weekend, and everybody, I got to tell you, they were very aware I had to catch the game. Unfortunately, when I got there, about three or four people were behind the TV because Grandma's TV was had no power to it. Grandma's like, it so, worked in 72. I so don't know I what happened. Instant, just knife to the heart. Yeah. Like, oh. No but TV. But I had to keep my smile on. My grandma's yeah. was like, it's no big deal. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're winning. I, I did listen to the radio on the way there, guys. I didn't even really even get there till, uh right after halftime. So I did see a lot of the first half. And we'll get into it later. I watched the, I rewatched the game when I got home, but it was devastating uh, to to be stuck in silence. And not only that, literally almost no service. So I, between you texting me and yeah. watching the game cast, I was confused. I was just, I was everywhere. I was a mess. And for you guys that didn't catch yesterday's episode, I did a lot. Uh, I watched the first three quarters, and then I did a lot on game cast as well. But I was updating. Uh, James here, and it was I was either super detailed, I was like, Goff rolls out right, uh, play action, throws 15 yards to Cooper Cup, 
And then I would, wouldn't text forever, and I'd be like, uh, Jaguar's punting. I'd like miss a whole thing and then just have and something great. I'm looking at it in second and three, and I'm yeah. like, is he behind? Am yeah, ahead? exactly, exactly. So I was like either a bunch of help or probably no help at all. It was like that gif where, uh, from Key and Peele where he's sweating, but he's just, just trying to play it cool. That yeah. was me the whole time. And, and I wasn't helping in any sense because like, I was like fine. panicking about the game I was going to. It, either way, it ended up we're four and two. Our offense and our defense – uh, didn't play their best. Now, I guess I'll take that back about the defense because they really, after they gave Leonard Fournette 100 yards in the first quarter, they really tightened it up. Uh, he only ended up with 130 on 21 carries, so they, they were able to kind of tighten those things up. But our offense, you know, looked a mess at the times. I was talking to you off uh, air about this, but basically saying last year when we said our offense was ugly and pitiful and, and had a bad game, it was hard to watch. It was like watching a JV team play yes. an NFL team. This year when we say, oh, man, our offense didn't really do what we wanted, we still felt like an offense. Like we moved the ball. We picked up some first downs. It kind of sputtered out. Again, Jared Goff, no turnovers in this game, which was huge. We did have the one fumble uh, from Woods, um, but that was just you know a heck of a defense play. He's got to tighten that up a little bit. But overall – um, our offense isn't where it was last year, and that's always something to be excited about. Yes, we're moving forward, and people are starting to expect more with the weapons and the coaching. But I will say, when our offense plays this bad and we can still come out with a victory and put points up, that's night and day from last year's team. Yeah. When last year we're like, we just wanted like two first downs so Johnny Hecker didn't have to punt out of the end zone every time. <laughs> um, so... You know, good stuff there. Uh, your instant reaction on some of the game, and I know you said you went back and watched the second half to really, you know, understand how that game ended. But you know, instant reaction. What do you What are you feeling? Thoughts, comments, concerns? So, overall, I'm feeling great. But I want to start with what you mentioned with the offense because you take away the special team scoring, our field goals, um, and obviously what happened in the beginning of the game with Farrell Cooper's return. And it was a pretty kind of boring game offensively, yeah. especially in the second half when there wasn't much going on. Even Coach McVeigh, when asked about Jared Goff specifically, said, you know, you want to see a little bit more consistency there. There were a couple times when there was potential big plays down the field, and we'll get into some of those big plays later on. But um, he had to, he still has to make some better decisions. You know, Goff, like you mentioned, we're not put, we, we don't have the offense that we had last year, and Goff's completely stepped it up. He's... He's still very confident in the pocket. He's hanging in there and performing well, and he's not making mistakes, which I really like to see. But, you know, what, what happened in the past couple of games with this offensive production, another factor there when it came to the offense, Gurley really kept us going. You know, we, we were really bad on third down conversions. We were 4 for 15. Um, I'm sorry, we were 4 for 13. We held Jacksonville 2, 4, and 15. That was mm-hmm. their stat. Um, but Gurley really kept us in there because it was his fourth 100-yard-plus game this season. <clears throat> And we think about last year, back yeah. to that reference, he didn't have one game last year with 100-plus yards. And that's and that's. and I'm glad you said that because as I was thinking that, as we're saying, man, a really boring offensive game. And last year, if we said boring offense game, that would have meant Todd Gurley had 17 carries for 28 yards. And now <laughs> here we are going, man, what a boring game. And he broke 116 off and four in the year. So um, night and day for what boring offense means these days in, in Rams Nation. Uh, but... Again, always want to get better. You had mentioned uh, Farrell Cooper kind of breaking off that run. I want to mention, I watched that play a couple more times. How awesome is it that guy on the sidelines, like, nothing there. Does a cool little spin move, hits the B button, and he's (laughs) gone up the side. I just, I watched that a hundred times just going like, where does he find room on that sideline? It was just fun to watch. And, And what are your thoughts on him as a punt returner as well? 
Well, I was really happy about that. I mean, seven seconds into the game, it's 7-7, seven, seven because yeah. I don't know what happened when they got the ball next. But it was a great way to start off the game at home. And, um, you know, I'm, I'd have to give him a game ball here because he really set the tone for the rest of the game. And you start us off with seven points. Of course, they got it was tied immediately after that. But just knowing that we had that on the board really helped, I think, with this the confidence of this team. Well, forward. McVay agreed with you because he gave him a game ball after uh, after the game in the locker room. And i got to say one thing. we got i got to work on trying to get some of this audio so I can share with you guys if you haven't heard. But McVay is just El Capitan of the post-game winning speech. Because yeah, he gives every, me chills every time. Every time he gives me the chills with – he's just what, we, what I like to call a head coach clapper. Like yeah. he's got this – he yeah. just cups it. He's the smallest guy in the room, yeah. owning it. And he just shoulders back, and he just people are just listening. When he starts to talk, people listen, and uh, it was just exciting. Every time I listened to those, I was actually at lunch today at work, and I was listening to it again, and people are looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like holding my phone up to my ear, and i am just got this big <laughs> smile and like goosebumps, and I'm like, I just love our head football coach. Why are you dancing? No, you're completely right. And one thing about how focused and locked on McVay Ooh. is. See what um, we did there? He he's so ready for this game that he was he didn't even realize that the Rams were con- were going to be staying on the beach in Jacksonville for the rest of this week before he went off to to uh, London because he was asked today about where they're staying and he still didn't even know because he was just so focused on on yeah, the he's game like that's someone so, else's details man yeah like he didn't even realize that and I don't think somebody like you know Fisher or or the team last year would have yeah Fisher's is like I got a, a fishing boat locked yeah. in for the next two days yeah, so I fish for four hours today and yeah a lot of offense we'll figure it out yeah I've, I've actually if you guys don't follow some of these guys on Snapchat or Instagram or all these accounts that people have these days go check them out especially on Instagram they put up a lot of stories and seeing where they're at is not too shabby down there yeah and uh, it's good man these guys earned it you get that victory monday you get to enjoy it on the beach and then you're heading across the pond over to london so rest up get that r&r get the mind right and know that you got a divisional opponent who is looking better and better every week even with the addition of adrian peterson who had 100 yards himself in his first game plus two touchdowns so a different beast that we're facing uh next week at home <laughs> yeah, and in London. I think that's a stat that I would have been pretty scared about earlier on in the first quarter of this season. But after seeing we kept Fournette to 100 and uh, I believe he said 30 yards. And I know 100 of those came in the first um, quarter and then 75 and, of those on the yeah, first play. So we, exactly. we held him down. Yeah, And he's doing great this season. So that stat really doesn't scare me. And just talking about some of the improvements we saw, uh, I know we talked on Locked On and Rams Podcast last week about one turnovers and two penalties. This game we only had one turnover, but penalties we still had seven um, for... Seems to be like the magic number for the Rams, and it doesn't get easier to watch as you're doing it. It's not, you know, last year we were in that 10, 11, 12 range, but if we can get that down to like 4, 5-ish, and the thing that's really when I say that too is it was 7 for 70 yards. There were a couple while I was texting you where it was like, oh, face mask, 15 yards, mm-hmm. uh, all these, all the big ones, right? All these 15-yard ones that, that really hurt us and, and can be either drive killers or drive extenders. So something we definitely need to continue to focus on, I feel like we're, we're you know, something we mentioned for the past two years while we've been doing this is penalties. But got to say there has been some improvement there, but got to continue. But you go back to that turnovers that you said, especially coming off of a game where we gave up five and they were coming off a game where they gave off five. We think we did it over under 
uh, of turnovers. And that could have been you know, on, on a different episode, but we did over under, and it was three is where we're going. And we we're nervous <laughs> about whether it was going to be over and under. We went way under that, which obviously kept us in this game and allowed us to uh, you know, pull off the type of game we did with a very lackluster offensive performance. And our special teams came up. That punt block... Oh, I loved that me was, a good pump block, that and that great. was right there. And then the scoop and drive it into the end zone was just a bunch of fun. So, yeah, and just getting into some more of these adjustments, one thing you know I want to talk to you about later is how this offense really isn't adjusting. But, you know, you mentioned facing Adrian Peterson next week in London and how we treated Fournette. Uh, look at this stat, Bear. The, de- the Rams' defense gave up 90 points in a 10-quarter stretch from weeks 2 to 4, and they've adjusted. Uh, the next 10 quarters, they've only given up 39 points. So we've taken that number way down, and we're continuing to, to learn from, from these mistakes and, and to get there. No, and I like that because the one thing that does scare me about our defense is it seems like we got to get punched in the mouth sometimes to wake up and yeah. hold it down. So I would love to see us over in London come out and just shut it down from the get-go. It seems like we always have a lapse moment, whether it's the 75-yard big touchdown or, you know, in the um, Niners game, it kind of came near the end of the game when we let up a bunch of points. Uh, And we had a couple other games where we gave up on the ground. We gave up rushing, big rushing numbers in the first half and had to really lock it down in the second half. Uh, Zeke Elliott had a great first half against us, not so much in the second. So Mm -hmm. really starting off fast with that group is going to be key, especially going all the way over there, division game. Uh, we're going to talk more and more about that in the upcoming weeks. More specifically about the defense, uh, shout out to Mr. Birthday Boy, Connor Barwin, yesterday. I know that was mentioned in McVeigh's um, locker room. Yeah, he had a big sack for us and really played well basically the whole game. I think he had seven uh, solo, uh, three tackle for losses, uh, the quarterback sack and a quarterback hit. And then our man Aaron Donald, who just does it week in and week out. He seems to be like... Pro football folks is man of the year every year, and every week they're just like, well, the guy did it again. Here he was all over the place. He, he added a sack to it, to it this this week, um, and he's just tough to handle. Yeah, tough to handle, and he's – okay, let me give you this stat, Bear. Bring it. Uh, quarterback pressures week six. Rams podcast retweeted this today. Donald had 10. Tampa Bay alone had 10. The mm. whole team. Detroit had nine. Jacksonville had eight. The Jets had seven. Chargers, I almost had Clippers, yeah. had five, and Kansas City had five. So he's like, beating all these teams. So like six alone pressures. he beat single-handedly, which it just speaks to – and the crazy thing is I still don't think around the country he's this household name. You know, if you know football, you know Aaron Donald is. But when he's not putting up, you know, 12 tackles. He's not like Calais Campbell who's just dominating as far as the sack category. <laughs> but he's just there. Yeah. All the time. He's there, so I'm, you know, I know all Rams Nation is wondering this, and I'm wondering this myself. We gave Ogletree a big payout, and we mentioned that on Locked On last week. Um, where's uh, Donald's money? What's going on? It's coming, my friend. It's coming. There's no way that they're locking in. And, and I talked about this on the interview that never made it to air. Oh, it crushes me still. Um, we talked about it, and basically because that was the day that the news broke about the uh, contract for Alec Ogletree. And I don't think they're signing these guys to let another guy walk. I really think that they're trying to build these pieces to make it something where they can come to him and say, listen, we've got this core, we've got this core, you're a part of this, stick with the guys you like, 
come back, sign it up. Again, I'm not behind the room, but this is how my interpretation of it is, is taking care of some of the, and I don't want to say littler pieces in the offense or in the defense, but checking those marks and then coming around full circle and saying, all right, this is what we got left. We saved this money for you, but we wanted to get all these other guys in place to know really where we stood with you. Here it comes. And I hope that is the case because if this guy walks, uh, you're going to have a lot of L.A. Rams fans well, walking with him. Well, good thing we have one of, if not the richest owners in, in the NFL. I mean, you know, I know there's a few above them, but uh, he's not running out of money. Yeah, well, he's also a cheap ass, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, but, no, I'm really excited about the way this team's playing. Looking back in the history of the Rams through six games, I'll just run you through, you know, let's say we're 2017. I'll start back in 2011 because it jumps out. We were 0-6. Then we went 3-3, and 3-3, 2-4, 3-3, 3-3, and 4-2. And I know as you think about that 3-3 three and three to 4-2, and two, you're like, the ratio oh, it's, sounds it's, right. It's, yeah, but you know what? This team is off to a tremendous start. Uh, first time since, what, 2006 Six. that we've gone 4-2. and two. And the team, you can just feel it. You can feel the energy. Uh, we mentioned this way, way, way early as we got Sean McVay as a coach. How fast will this turnaround be? How fast can we expect results? It's L.A. market. People expect a lot. What are your first kind of reactions as far as, like, how fast this is happening? I, it all, it's coming together. It feels so natural. Like, yeah, we're a good team. We've got the pieces. We've got the coaching. But kind of taking a step back from where we've been in the past few years and how fast this is happening, I mean, how awesome is that? It's great, and it's always, you know, it's always kind of one of those feelings that it's, is this too good to be true? You know, we start off beating the Colts and scoring all these points, and it's like, well, they're the Colts. Andrew Luck wasn't playing, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. We take a look at the 49ers. So we started off strong, and it was always one of those things where it's like we were balancing are the Rams getting the respect they deserve right. nationally, and is it just that we're playing really shitty teams, crappy teams? And then, uh, you know, we go into face Dallas, which I'm completely nervous for. I was freaking out about yeah. that game because, to me, that seemed like a proving ground. Like, no, we're, we should get national credit. We are a good team. We've changed everything around. We beat Dallas. Then we go and face the Seahawks where, you know, again, the nerves come in. Is this too good to be true? Is this team just going to get stomped? We're going to be put in our place, really, is the fear I'm seeing. And then, you know, we did lose to Seattle, but... Uh, we had the ball, we had that win in our hands. So um, you kind of keep leaning towards that feeling, but just looking at this game where you weren't even too impressed with Goff's numbers and Gurley's numbers on paper, you said at the beginning of the show, it's just a completely different offense. And it's clear to us, you know, Goff's numbers and Gurley really is nothing to brag about, but it's still clear to us that this team is impressive and they can get the job done. So I'm feeling more and more comfortable about this. Looking at Arizona, LVCs, I'm uh, getting pretty excited to see what they're going to do. Me too. And you saw what we did against, you know, a handful of quarterbacks so far this season, some, you know, better than others. But going back to back with, you know, Dak Prescott and then Russell Wilson, very two mobile quarterbacks, and then coming back and, and facing uh, Blake Bortles, who we made look uncomfortable basically the whole game. You know, he's forcing throws. Um, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, but he was four for 15 on third down, really struggled in that area. Uh, and they really, besides getting that running game early, could not get much going. Yeah. Um, and now we're going and we're, again, across the water here, and we're going to play Carson Palmer. Not so much of a mobile quarterback, someone that we can get pressure to and hopefully disrupt his pattern of, of throwing. And then, obviously, we're not really sure what Adrian Peterson is consistently. 
Uh, he had a huge game last week, but It'll still show that he's he's AD. he's still there, man. He's still got some juice, and and that's been again one of the the Achilles' heels for the Rams has been the run game. So it's going to be a big challenge going on the road. But I'm I'm encouraged by the way their defense has played at times, and Wade Phillips is is a master of uh, basically making adjustments. So if if he sees one thing happening, he's going to come back and give you a different look in the second half or even later in the game. So the master of adjustments and the master of disguise, because he really kind of mixes up and hides right before the snap on what he's really doing. He mentioned last week that he likes to show five and then only uh, send four in, you know, to try to prevent some of that double team in on Donald. So um, he's the master, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to to what he's going to do. Yeah, there were points. Um, I can't remember who tweeted out. It could have been. Alden Gonzalez or JB Long or one of those Rams guys, but he said he's currently running like a six-two front right now, and and that's yeah. because like you said, he's moving people around. He's got a bunch of people up on the line and then dropping some. Sometimes he's bringing them. Sometimes he's bringing everyone. So I love the the mix that he's done. I had mentioned before the Jaguars game, we rank about seventh, I believe it was on the list for. Um, blitzing right now in the NFL. So he's bringing the heat. He's not afraid to pull the trigger and bring extra guys, especially when you have guys like Donald and Brockers up the middle uh, really building their own pressure. It really helps out. So defense encouraged by offense, you know, not giving up on yet. I think it was almost the game that they needed to have at that point, you know, to to keep us – you always hear that managing the game, not turning the ball over, moving the ball enough to switch the field, uh, had a good – had a couple big third down conversions when we needed them and then Gurley running the ball because the success that we're going to see long term is keeping Goff throwing the ball around 21 to 24 times and giving Gurley 25 plus carries and really letting him be the pace of the game and Goff working off of that so they did exactly what we needed them to do not make mistakes keep us in the ball game and balance that out so uh Although down for offense, still really excited about where they were at. They didn't blow it for us, basically, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, they held in there. and he, That was really good because, you know, Gurley, again, didn't have that many impressive numbers, but he was still averaging over five yards per carry overall. No touchdowns, of course, but still hit above 100 overall uh, yards, which, again, he didn't even do last week. You mentioned facing Carson Palmer in yeah. Arizona, how he's not very mobile. Um, and looking at some of Borles' numbers, Borles was 23 for 35. Uh, the average yards per pass was 5.5. But the big thing about this is he was sacked five times for a loss of overall 21 yards. Right. So we gave him the pressure. And a quarterback that's in some ways maybe similar to Palmer, I don't know if you agree with it. Yeah, there, that's, yeah that, no, they're not crazy mobile, uh, like to work from the pocket a little bit. And you know the run game now seems pretty balanced. And then you take somebody like Fournette, which – all this whole season, I would have ranked so much higher than somebody like Adrian Peterson. However, Peterson, we know how he did yeah. last week, but we shut him down, man. Yeah, Fournette, and- number two in the league for rushing, right behind Kareem Hunt. And then our boy ranks in at fourth on that list. Todd Gurley, 521 yards, not far behind Le'Veon Bell and even Fournette himself. We actually kind of gave Fournette an easy 75 there. Well, I don't want to say easy, yeah. but uh, gave him some early yards um, in the game to, to get him to that number. But uh, you're right, man. It's we got a great matchup coming up this week. It's going to be huge for us because the Cardinals have been keeping pace in this division right now. We're on top. Seahawks had a bye. I don't care how it happens. We're above them. So the great thing is we're putting the pressure back on the Seahawks to win to get back into that first place uh, position. So can't be mad at that. We did our job. We got to continue to do our job. McVeigh's big message at the end of the game was let's go and be five and two. 
You know, let's yeah. not be content with four and two first time since 2006. Let's go be five and two. Um, they've got one more road game after that, uh, coming back to New York, who finally got on the board. Um, but there's a lot of things to be encouraged about if we can get out of London with a win. Uh, hopefully go and beat up on a New York team who has struggled this year and come home and be the road warriors that so far we've been, which has been so fun to watch. Yeah. Road victories are just, I feel like it's just so much more. And you go you into someone's what? house and take a win. We really need to, to get this W, though, because the Seahawks had a bye this last week, but they're facing the Giants uh, this week, and that's I, I think that's going to be almost a guaranteed W for them. You know what? You would think so, but that's what we thought about Denver, right? And then the Giants went in there and basically said, hey, listen, we're pro athletes. We're going to fight to the end. But I'm glad they got that win out of the way, and uh, maybe they get back to the losing streak, but maybe they beat up the Seahawks a little bit, give them a good fight. Um, and then vice versa, and then we face Giants as it getting beat up by the Seahawks. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. So, Well, James, before we go, we talked offense. We talked defense. We talked a little Pharaoh Cooper and the special teams. But I, can we just do a little quick round of applause, man? We haven't done that in a while. I got to say to the special teams who has just played outside their mind uh, last week and did such a great job. They had the opening kick return for a touchdown, which was huge. Uh, they had the punt block. Corey Littleton makes a huge play. And then not only that, but we pick the ball up, scoop it, and run it into the end zone. Johnny Hecker did his job every time like he always does, uh, showing that he deserved his contract extension this year. Yep. Uh, and we have him locked up for a long time. So just overly impressed with what John Fossils continue to do with that group. And really solidify us. We mentioned this multiple times. When we step into a stadium, we have that check mark next to the special teams as far as the advantage across the board. So always a great weapon to have. But those guys don't get the credit that they deserve. So I wanted to kind of finish this show by just saying a big round of applause for Bones. Yeah, round, round of applause for Bones. the Bones in the group, man. I just thought that was great. They did, they did nothing but great stuff. And I'm excited. You know, it's crazy when you're excited when your punt coverage team or your kickoff team, anyone that on the special team, when we have a special teams play, it's not like I'm, I'm leaving to go do something. I'm like, I got to see what's going to happen Well, here. did you see Hecker step it up and fake? They're trying to get him off sides, obviously. But I like it. I like shotgun. it. I want, the, I want him to do that again. I know. I want him to do it a little bit earlier in the play clock because by the time he got up there, there was like five seconds left and no one was really buying it. But I like that they've got to keep him on the toes. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally, I want him to keep him, keep him honest as people, as they do it four or five times in the year. Pull that trigger once and dump it over the middle. The Bears had one last week on Monday Night Football where they did it to Minnesota. And that punter literally didn't even think about what he was doing. He grabbed it and threw it right away. It was the most simple throw. And we've got Johnny Hecker, who's a former quarterback back in the day. Um, We can pull that off. So I did like that. But big ups to our special teams, as always. And big ups to James Kroger for joining me from Rams Podcast. We're about to flip the switch here, go over to the Rams Podcast station, and record our weekly version. So if you guys haven't checked us out... Go do it. It is at Rams Podcast on iTunes, Twitter, Instagram, always posting stuff. Uh, James runs a lot of our social, does a great job with stats, updates, and all that good stuff. So if you haven't checked that out, go do it. And, I, and to you people that who are already listening to us on Rams Podcast and have come over to Lockdown, I want to say a big thank you to you for giving us love, showing us support. Rams Nation is the best nation, so i got to give you guys a lot of credit for that. I am proud to be associated with you guys. Um, with that said, i got a couple more interviews locked in this week. Uh, hopefully going to have one tomorrow, uh, if not be the next day. Uh, we're going to try to get our Cardinals locked on 
uh, going and get a little cross promo there, uh, find out how they're feeling going in this game about Adrian Peterson and all that. And then most likely I'll be able to lure James back sometime this week. Uh, he gets a little anxious by not talking Rams football every day. Uh, so I'll be able to lure him back. So, I just talk to myself. Yeah, so might as well put you on the mic, man. All right. Uh, well, I appreciate it as always. Rams Nation, don't forget, I didn't mention it so far, but go on to my iTunes on Lockdown Rams. Leave a review. I'm loving all the love. Loving the love. Uh, but leave a review. Put your Twitter handle on the review, Whew, I had to get there, didn't I? Uh, and we'll pick you. Instructions you, are hard. Yeah, I know. We'll pick you if you're lucky, and you will get a pro football focus subscription. I've got it up on my screen right now. Uh, you may think I'm smart, but this pro football focus is where I get all my info. Oh, dude, I, I use it, and I love it. I got to tell you. Like, I know. Every I, week in fantasy, I'm <laughs> study It almost makes you overthink your fantasy team, but yeah. it's in a good way. Uh, so go leave a review. Twitter handle in the review, couple thumbs up for your boy, and uh, maybe get picked for a free uh, Pro Football Focus uh, subscription. Other than that, till next time, Rams Nation. Peace. Peace. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.